In brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi everybody, I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 348. That's right. We are here to talk about the Green Lantern number three from Grant Morrison and Liam Sharp. Uh, and uh, I think after the break, we're going to talk about some uh, some uh, trailer stuff with uh, the Spider-Man uh, Far From Home trailer hit this week. Yep. And I also saw Aquaman. Ooh, sweet. So we can talk about Aquaman, too. All right. So let's just get into this. Um, I'm going to tell you guys right off the bat, this is a dense book. Yes. And I just read it ten, uh, ten, like right before we recorded for the second time. So still forgive me if there's any issues, but let's first talk, cause I want to talk about this. Uh, let's talk about the covers, uh, more specifically the variant cover. But first let's just talk about the first main cover, uh, with, uh, Hal facing off against what looks to be God, um, and by God, I mean the Christian God, the, the Jewish God, uh, Yahweh. Let's say, you know, when, when I say God, that's the God I'm referring to. So uh, what do you think about this? This this one caused this, I don't want to say controversy when it was solicited, but uh, some people were definitely talking about it. I think this is the better cover. This is the one I got. It is. It is. I enjoy it. I like the uh, purple, the splash of purple. Uh, there around him. That's uh, that's very cool looking to me. Now the variant cover. Uh, the variant cover. Let's see. By Jay Lee and Jun Chung. I uh, I get that it's a stylized thing. I get what they're going for. But man, do I not like it, especially Kilowog. Oh yeah, he looks like a friggin' frog. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I get what they're going for. This is very clearly not a, a problem with the art. It's a problem with I just don't like this style. But uh, yeah, I, I, I don't like this. No, is, I think it's is, horrible. I don't think I don't think I don't think anybody looks good on that cover. Yeah, I, 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 see, I, I don't want to because it's 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 very clearly for me an issue with of the style here. This is not something I would typically go for. I've seen this style used before. Um, I'm not sure if there's a DC Comics or, or example I could give, but I know for sure I've seen it in like some indie titles. Uh, and it's just, it's just not. This is one of those styles when I personally see it. It's one of those styles I just cannot get past. So, um, but I see what they're going for. This, this look of symmetry. Um, this, uh, the, the, this everybody coming at you style. Uh, you, you you know it's the stylistic thing when you look down like at even Mogo's design, 
uh, these swooping pointed edges things and yeah he's carrying it all the way through here the the, the variant cover uh, team is carrying it all, all the way through here but it, this one's just uh, of, of the variant covers we've seen so far this is not my this is not my favorite no 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 I was I luckily for me they actually pulled the cover that I wanted but I I was really hoping that since I didn't get it till t- today. And it came out last week. I was really hoping they were going to have at least one available of this cover, since I, I just despise that cover so much. It just, it's just awkward looking. Everybody's shaped weirdly. It's just no. Hmm. Oh well, teach his own. But this story is entitled "Slave Lords of the Stars." Grant Morrison, writer; Liam Sharp, artist; Steve Olaf, colorist. Tom Orzhakowski is the letterer. Liam Sharp and Steve Olaf is the cover. We mentioned the variant cover team. Jessica Chen is the associate editor, and Brian Cunningham is the editor. We open up in space <laughs> um, with uh, and let me let me let me say this. Uh, hold on, before we do that, in in the credits here. It says Superman created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster by special arrangement with the Jerry Siegel family. I'm bringing that up for a reason. We'll get back to it. Uh, so, we open up with the uh, the, uh, the auctioner uh, who's going to be selling off planet Earth, the miniaturized planet Earth. He is protected by his squad of black stars. He's ass- making sure that he's assured that they're protected. And the the, the door is the name of this race. Well, Vol- uh, uh, Volgar Zoe of door is the guy who's going to be auctioning this off. So he goes and he speaks to the the assembled masses uh, ready to purchase planet Earth. Now, this is a who's who of of, uh, of villainy. You've got clearly, you've got Steppenwolf, you've got a white Martian, you've got Queen Bee, you've got the Mongol sister. Um, I don't know if those are starlings or if they're, they're minions of Star-O. Those are there. You've got freaking Overmaster, which is the the big bulky dude and almost dead center towards the top with a gold face and the black hat. That's Overmaster from like an 80s Justice League comic, I believe. I wonder if that's the time trapper in the cloak in the back. I'm that, not sure. That's, that was my first impression, even though it's kind of bulky. Bulky. Yeah. Be, but, and obviously Graven. Graven, yep, that's the one I wanted to to, to save for last for you Sorry. because there. No, no, no worries. That's Graven. Um, so he's opening up bidding. He says, "I give you lot twenty four of planet Earth. Tame them as pets or enslave them. Rule them, breed them. They'll labor and die in multitudes, erecting monuments to your eternal glory." And he's giving this sort of uh, spiel, trying to appeal to all these various uh, cosmic villains, various um, whims like. Uh, and I'll just read a lot of this here because he's very clearly a good salesman as he looks each of these individuals in the eye. Uh, imagine helpless fodder for all these for those forbidden experiments, a hideous undead army carrying your standard in a genocidal swarm across the galaxies. Uh, could be your hunt- personal hunting preserve, slay them for sport, or be a god, torment and reward them to suit your inexplicable whims and caprice, uh, caprices. Yes, I, guess. I think that's right. Stage your very own apocalypse and devastate creation. It's almost like I had one like this from you before and it died. Uh, There appears to be considerable damage to the ecosphere. Is this a self-harming world? (laughs) All right, a little bit of a 
little bit of a, yes. a shout out to our uh, environmental condition. Not gonna, not gonna hate on it. Uh, this is the planet Earth, home of Superman, Wonder Woman, and the uh, Opti humans of the fifth world. That's an interesting definition. I guess we'll come back to this. This celestial jewel is offered a lifetime. Do I have here five hundred uh, Jilly Stellars? People start um, bidding. Meanwhile, everything is going absolute ape shit on the planet below. <laughs> uh, 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 radical changes in gravity and tides. Days of only 16 hours. Billions of coming to sickness, surrendering to chaos. All the while this bidding process is going, people bid back and forth. We see some dominators. We see the White Martians. We see Steppenwolf's very uh, eagerly trying to get a hold of this planet for his master, Darkseid. The dominators are trying out belt bid him anyways. <laughs> They gets up to 1,000 Jilly Stellars to the Dominion. Meanwhile, um, oh, what was her name? I know I, I had the same. I had the same. Eve. Ex- was it Eve? Oh, that sounds. That sounds correct. The girl that Hal uh, was hooking up with from the first issue. She is calling uh, uh, Tom to kind of uh, see what's going on with the planet. Uh, she's been in contact with Carol. Uh, she's talking about. Uh, how Ray Palmer's on the TV talking about what's been going on. Tom says, "Well, wherever he's here, he's not here. He's not. He's not here. Um, came out here three days ago to bury Grandfather Kalmaku in his favorite places, in all of his favorite places. So he's clearly uh, up in Alaska, right? Uh, that's that's where Tom is from, Alaska, right? Was he from Alaska? That would make sense, uh, right? Because he was he was." Supposed to be Eskimo, right? Yeah, I think so. But I'm just not sure if he's specifically from Alaska. I know he's from the northern North America regions, but I don't know if he's specifically from Alaska. But I, I, I'm pretty sure. Um, Tom asked, "What happened to the superheroes?" She's, "It doesn't matter. We need a super cop." Um, so meanwhile, back over at the auction, someone suddenly. Uh, is about to, you know the bid is about to close at two thousand jelly stellars and all of a sudden ten thousand jelly stellars, and thus I doth decree mine first and final offer. And this is the shepherd uh, who is bidding on this. This is the the gentleman from the cover. Um, he uh, meanwhile we see a crew of lanterns uh, outside. These are all lanterns you've seen somewhere before in Green Lantern history, by the way. Um, I looked up some of these. I don't remember all the names, but of course, you've got your uh, Chisel, uh, Chrysalon, you've got your Metaphil, you've got several others. All of these lanterns, by the way, have been in lantern history before. Um, so they're about ready to go in and, and take care of the situation and get Earth back. But Hal says we wait till the sale's done and then we grab them and re- red-handed. They sell. Hal says let's go. The Green Lanterns go in. Everybody scatters. Um, one of the Lanterns gets hit. Uh, Hal says those were Star Bolts, and Metaphil says the Slavers have protection. They recognize the uniforms. These are not Dark Stars, but they're Black Stars. They make the differentiation. Uh, Hal says Starband Tech has a weakness microfeedback that freezes the wearer's nervous system for a split second after it's used. Uh, he divvies up the, the crew to take on various things. Uh, Hal goes after the uh, planet Earth. He gets inside the Shepard's ship. So Hal shows up in the ship, says, hold it right there, you're under arrest. He says, I doubt that, whoever you are. 
Uh, he's speaking in like Old Testament lingo, so he's like using ditzed and uh, you know uh, thou and all this. But I'm not gonna bother saying all that. He's talking like Thor, man. Yeah, there you go. Uh, not really. This is more annoying. <laughs> <laughs> he's saying like the the. He says, uh, "I purchased this planet fair and square, just in time to save the rainforest and coral reefs. The planet's not for sale." The planet, the inhabitants of Earth were abducted and refu- reduced to micros- microscopic size. They're under a duress. He's like, well, just go and ask them. They're my herd, you know. Uh, and they argue back and forth and argue back and forth. And then finally, he's like, all right, <laughs> ask them. Just ask them. How like super projects himself down to Tom uh, in, in a construct to converse with him. And he says, uh, hey, Hal. Under this artificial super sun, we all gain incredible powers. It's that simple. He says, people are buying into this? As far as we can tell, the slavers used gamma gongs to soften our minds. And looking like Zeus or the Old Testament God worked a lot in the shepherd's favor. They're saying that the shepherd is good for the planet. And he says, Hal says, everyone on Earth is smaller than a bacteria. I can tell you're not convinced, Tom, and I always trusted you. And uh, as Tom's, like, picking up his snowmobile over his head, he says, this, these powers are way too good to be true, Hal. Beware of Gre- Greeks bearing gifts. And Hal's like, I'm getting everybody out of here. So he looks up the shepherd in uh, the, the database. He projects himself to the people of Earth and is like, hey, this is what's been happening. And by the way, this is what the shepherd really looks like. And, and uh, one of the... Leadership says, speaking on behalf of the United States and everybody else, uh, we like to think we'd moved on from judging people on the basis of their appearance, Green Lantern, and Hal goes, are you for real? <laughs> um, so the shepherd tries to smite Hal. Hal hits him in the face with a uh, boxing glove with wings on it. Um, they start uh, jabbing back and forth. He says, but listen to their prayers and their pleas. He says... <laughs> All right, look, it takes a 1,000 years for it to fatten up the population. He just needs to get the flavor just right. Then the shepherd carves up the planet and eats everything down to the core. You can't condemn future generations to that. And this guy's like, I think we can live with it. And Hal says, let me get this straight. You'd seriously sacrifice the lives of your great-grandchildren for short-term gain. And then the entire planet is like saying in one voice, those are your words. Look, we have superpowers. And Hal's like, you know what? You're all under... You're all under quarantine. You're you're no longer in control of your decisions, your actions. You're all under arrest until you come to your senses. They all call him a fascist. Boo at him. Um, the other Green Lanterns are taking care of some of the people who are there trying to purchase things. Uh, you know, they uh, Hal comes up to the ship, grabs it, uh, goes in. Someone says Jordan looks super pissed. Uh, they come in and find Jordan. They say... The fuel source, the engine radiation, doesn't uh, penetrate Dorian Echomech, but uh, to all the others on board, the stuff's neurotoxic. Most of these are just kids, but they already look like they're a thousand years old. Emissions eat them alive from the inside. So this is the, the Dorian ship, I believe. And they open the hatch, and there's a bunch of various emaciated um, different beings in a hole saying they just want to go home. Hal sparks up in front of the Dorian and shoves large construct nails through his body uh, and turns to his other lanterns and says, you all saw it was self-defense. Let's clean up this mess, Green Lanterns, and then to be continued. 
That was a lengthy thing. Um, but yeah, what do you think? It wasn't a bad issue, but Lord, it was dense, especially the beginning. It got mm. le- it got a little less dense as as it went on. Uh, but it, yeah, it. I understand it's Morrison, and I understand this is you know this is his shtick, but it does make it it does make it hard. It does mm. make it it doesn't make it hard to read, uh, and it's not. And you, and so and you get so many names and this that and the other. Th- it's just it's just just the way it's written. I mean, again, I know it's a style, but it's not bad. It, I'm still gonna say it's. I still am not unhappy with the series overall, even though this is still not the direction I would prefer. But so far, but it, it yeah. I, I just wish you'd be a little less. Uh, I don't know. It just. Stylistically, I just wish it would it would he would it would be a little more maybe re- user friendly. Right. Well, I mean, uh, I I see what you're saying. I'm enjoying the series more and more with each issue. I think uh, I'm definitely Liam Sharp's artwork is is fast fast growing on me, uh, especially when he gives himself some room to breathe uh, in certain panels. Like, for instance, when the when the um, shepherd first shows up and says. Uh, 10,000 Jilly Stellars, that shot of him on that panel looks really freaking cool. Um, and it's juxtaposed with a really super busy page on the other side where the Green Lanterns are gearing up to go in. Um, and that looks cool, too, in its own way. But when he gives himself some space to do things, uh, again, another Shepherd place when houses hold it right there, that looks really freaking cool. You know what that reminds me of? Did you ever read JLA Avengers? Yes. And, you know, wasn't it where – I can't remember. Who were the beings from each universe who were do- making a deal? That I honestly don't remember. I can't tell you. It's been to a long see, time. Because the, the goal was have the Avengers go collect some of these uh, trinkets from, from the DC universe and the Justice Leaguers go correct, collect all these trinkets from the Marvel universe or some mix of the two – and whoever could get all the trinkets first, like, you know, some of them, Cosmic Cube, the the uh, Infinity Gauntlet, like uh, these various things um, from both universes, who, whichever team could get them first wins, and it was some cosmic uh, game between them. Well, but anyway, it looks like it, it – well, are you talking about the ones in charge or the one – because it looks like it was – not surprisingly, it looks like it was Krona and the Grandmaster playing the game. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the Grandmaster because I remember the Grandmaster had a ship like this. Yeah, you look- go in and you go in and it looks super cosmic and crazy like this on the inside. Yeah, there was. Let's see. The Metron tells the Avengers that they have to stop the League to prevent the world being destroyed. The six items from the DC universe were the Spear of Destiny, the Book of Eternity, the Orb of Roths, the Psycho Parrot's Mask, the Bell Jar and Wheel, the Demons Three, and the Green Lantern Power Battery of Kyle Rayner. In the Marvel Universe, his six items were the Ultimate Nullifier, the Evil Eye of Avalon, the Wand of Watum, the Casket of Ancient Winters, the Cosmic Cosmic Cube, and the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, so I remember at one point they stumble upon the Grandmaster's ship, and I think the Grandmaster is wounded or something, and his ship looks a lot like this. This panel here reminds me, like, that immediately took me back to that story, and it's been a long time since I've actually read that trade. Uh, I, so much I don't even have that trade anymore, but uh, I remember reading it. Um, but you know, there are several instances where, 
Liam's art just shines several where it's just uh, it feels too crowded but still does well. That panel at the on the page where he's putting the planet under arrest with a police tape, God, does that look super 70s. That looks very much like uh, Neil Adams sort of stuff. Uh, and, and even the, the concept of what's happening is very 70s to me. So that's that's cool, too. Um, but yeah, I, I do get what you're saying about the denseness of it, but I think this may be my favorite issue of the three so far. I, it might it might very well be. I think I, I I it's been a while since we did these. I think I like the I think I like the second issue, but yeah, I mean I I think it's I think it's very close from from an art from an art perspective. I think this is absolutely my favorite of the three. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. Definitely some great places for Liam's artwork to shine. Uh, uh, I, I want to say Morrison's writing in this, while dense, wasn't as Morrison-y as it was before in, in other issues. Not a, not a ton of crap, you know, like, not crappy, uh, not a ton of, like, crazy lingo, um, just, like, every other word. Um, so I, I, I felt it was a little easier to follow in that respect. I could be off there, but maybe I was just recognizing some more of these DC crumbs he's throwing in. Um, I know, because I listened to Myron's Myron and Phil's episode reviewing this on the podcast of Oa. And what the what Tom is talking about, the um the uh gamma gong to soften these they use the gamma gongs to soften our mind. That's some shit from apparently like the Justice League series in like the sixties. So Morrison is doing some deep pulls even for just like one note stuff that only gets mentioned once in a panel bubble with, with Tom Kalmaku. So there's a crap ton of reference in this book. Yes, and I'm sure we're gonna that's going to continue to be the trend, I guess, in this. I would say if I had to bid money. Yeah, this is an Easter egg hunter's dream. Yes. This 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 series. Well, one thing one thing I wanted to mention I've I was looking this up online, see some some reviews from people and I stumbled upon this news article from Comic Book Resources from uh, from the other day, and the title of their article about this is "DC may have just renamed the Green Lantern Corps." Well, what are they referring to? So they're referring to these few panels where the shepherd and uh and hal are arguing in this kind of four page layout here and then there's a uh the bottom panel is the ship and hal says i'm an officer in the green lantern intergalactic police patrol cbr made an entire article speculating that dc just renamed the green lantern corps the green lantern intergalactic police patrol <laughs> based on that one bubble yeah well <laughs> We 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 have seen stupider articles based on nothing than that. <laughs> Related to whatever, when it comes to speculation, I mean at least so. Who was it who did the freaking whole article about is Hal dead when there was a like oh, clearly yeah. Ar- Arcus Chamuk just oh yeah when, was when, when uh what, what, what? Yeah, it was Arcus right. Chamuk wasn't it? Yeah, I I think I think so. Yes. Yeah, that was. That was insane. So, do you want to you want to tell people who Graven is and and why it's weird that he's here? <laughs> well, but I don't remember the last time we saw Graven. 
how long ago has it been since we've seen Graven? I mean, he he is a he is a son of Darkseid. Uh, mm-hmm. He is a straight up Kyle Rayner villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, uh, it's been a, I'm trying to remember the last time we actually saw Graven because it's been a while. And actually, look, and while you're mentioning that, it uh, when it when it comes to Mongol, it's it that technically speaking. If we're supposed to believe Mongol is back to being the original Mongol, then this would be his daughter, wouldn't it? Because remember Mongol. Oh yeah, that's right. Because Mon- Mongol. Yeah, it's Mongol. It was Mongol Junior. Yeah, it's Mongol Junior when he got the when because we saw him and his sister and we got that whole background when he got the yellow when he got when he, the yellow ring first came to him. So that's what I was thinking. So, so since it does seem that we're dealing with um, the original Mongol now, I'm trying to see the last time the appear. Some of the appearance. Oh, we saw him in Ion. He was in Ion. The the, the twelve issue series. Yeah, but I seem to remember him being like in a montage of villains that Kyle has faced in, faced in the past. Like not really there. Maybe I'm thinking of the wrong thing. I don't you know. Could, you could be right. It could. I mean, I don't remember. I don't remember that much other than you know, when Kyle's mother kicked off at the end of that series. I don't remember. Yeah, that. I don't. I don't. I don't think he was a, a direct threat. In that, but it's been a while. But it does. Let's see. Uh, let's see. He was definitely in, but the, the death of the new, the new gods. It says um, five of a kind, thunder, thunder slash Martian Manhunter. But he was. He hasn't really been in that much since uh, since uh, Kyle's run, pretty much. Did Morrison use him in the JLA? Trying to take a look at his appearances here. Um, I don't. Let's see. I'm trying to look at this Cause, ever cause so I think, quickly. I don't think Morrison's written Kyle any anytime other than more his his run on JLA. So for him to pull Graven, I wonder if he used Graven at all in the JLA series. He was used in the Imperiax Crisis. Okay. He was in the Adventures of He was in the Adventures of Superman 595. Uh, and I'm just trying to. This is just a Wikipedia page. So I'm not. Let's look at the actual DC page. But I don't. Th- I don't think. I'm trying to see if we get the entire listing of. Uh, even I think this is going to be the same article, the same listing. Um, nine, let's see. 19 appearances of Graven New Earth. Let's see what we got. Uh, of course, they can't make it. They can't make it easy. Let's see. Uh, pretty... And 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 who was who was uh, Kyle's uh, dark alter ego? Remind me. Oblivion, right? Oblivion. There you go. So yeah, if I because I, I, a long time ago when I first started uh, diving into this, I used to get Graven and Oblivion mixed up for some stupid reason. So if anybody else out there is having the same issue, this is Graven, not Oblivion. <laughs> yeah, this is not what Circle of Fire or Ring of Fire or whatever the hell it was. Right. But yeah, um, but yeah, I yeah, mean, I, it's, it's. I mean, there's not that. Much, I don't think there's that much to really add. But it's been. It's. It was cool to. It was cool to see some of the people that you recognize, some of the people I didn't right off the top of my head, and then once they said who they were, I was like, oh, yeah. But Graven was the one, obviously, in, in the preview for this book. I saw, oh, yeah, Graven. Uh, so that's kind of it. That is cool, and it certainly is an interesting choice 
for is that is that what is that what drew you to to Graven? Not just the fact that we haven't seen him in forever, but it seems like an odd choice in a Hal Jordan yeah. book. Yeah, it does. Um, it's good to know he's still out there, I guess. Um, but uh, you know, I, I this story is pretty in this particular issue is pretty straightforward. It's good to see Tom again. It's been a while. Um, uh, I, the art, like I said, I really enjoy. Obviously, the, the the thing a lot of people are discussing is is this how at the end because they one of the lanterns makes it a point of um, what they say here. Jordan looks looked super pissed, and then um, when he comes in, he's got a scowl on his face this entire time. And of course, you know everybody's talking about the the first issue at the very end of the first issue. We saw that person who looked like Hal in what looked like a Green Lantern uniform. So did something happen to Hal and was he replaced? Is this really Hal that took the, this guy, this Lantern out or this uh, Dorian out? That is a good, that is a good point, especially if you want to make the case that it's, if you want to try to make the case probably just from for, like literally foreshadowing that it might not be, that it might not be Hal. The fact that that the one panel, I think I'm to see of these actually, the page, the page across from that Jordan look super pissed uh, panel when you see basically when Hal's chest is completely covered in black. Mm-hmm. That could be foreshadowing since we know what what they were what they were doing with that uh, ver- that version wherever he was of Hal, whether it was you know yellow candle or whatever it was. That version of Hal had obviously they were they were ripping into his chest. Mm-hmm. So that that could have been. Subtle, not really slash, not so subtle foreshadowing that it's not really Hal. If it is Hal, I have a problem with this, um, just because Hal is not a cold-blooded killer. I mean, you, of course, you have the pulp parallax stuff, and we all know how I feel about that. But this, this, this is not Hal. So, I mean, the, it, clearly, the, Morrison's going to try and do something with this. But I mean, there's there's a, a very minute amount of ways. If this is supposed to be Hal, uh, the Hal, and not replaced Hal, then uh, there's not a lot of ways Morrison could try and explain this unless he, you know, pulled the Dorian aside before the other Green Lanterns got there and faked his death with these constructs and made a plane laying off something like that. If he's if, if, if Hal just literally this is Hal and he killed this person, that bothers me. <laughs> But like I said, I, I'll give it some time to play out. I'm not one of the people anymore who, you know, like when Heroes in Crisis issue one came out, everybody was in an uproar. And I'm like, you guys realize, like, there's several more issues to go. Why don't you let the whole series play out before you start having a hissy fit? <laughs> so unless, of yeah. course, that those those several issues become like a year later, like what's going to end up happening with uh, Doomsday Clock. <laughs> <laughs> Did you listen to that song I linked you to? Actually, you know what? I I I forgot. I absolutely forgot about it. I wanted to. I have to go back and listen to it later. I did forget. It's a pair. It's a it's it's a bad it's a bad parody, but it doesn't matter as long as long as long as you can hear the lyrics. It's a bad parody of Green Day's uh, "Wake Me Up When September Ends." Oh, gotcha. <laughs> and it's "Wake Me Up When's Doomsday Clock Ends." <laughs> But should, but, should, so, but should be somewhere around August, barring barring the probably even more delays we're going to get. Since the next yeah. issue, I don't think comes out till February. I'm very very curious. Uh, one the one last thing I'll say about this issue. 
I'm very, very curious as to what aspects of this were Controller Moo's uh, machinations. Because it seemed like Controller Moo is... is um, and maybe this is just a, a factor of me re-watching the most recent season of The Flash. Not the one that's currently on, but the, the one with the thinker. I'm wondering how much of how much of this is is just controller move moving these chess pieces. Is is his whole thing just making sure because they they make a point in this issue yet again as in last issue of saying that they don't agree with what the Dorians are doing. They'll come for them eventually anyways, but for now they're a means to an end. So, in what way are the Dorians a means to an end? That would give further evidence to the fact that this is probably not how. You know, they're going to kill the Dorians, but to do to get the lanterns in a position where they're near the Dorians enough to kill them, we need to do this, this, and this, and then we'll replace Hal here. Like, is is this part of Controller Moose machinations? And I wonder also if even like the Shepherd being the final bidder is also part of this. Um, did did he have an agreement with Controller Moo? Did he um, was he designed to sort of throw Hal off his game and uh, get Hal pissed at the planet and upset and sort of off kilter? What what uh, what of what we see here is some sort of string pulling on Controller Moo's part? That's a good question. I would say probably a lot. I would say probably most of what we see is part of his master plan at this point. I don't think. I don't think if, at this stage of the game, I find it difficult to believe that very little is not in his, you know, stuff that he foresaw as happening. And, and just even the fact that that Hal being able to figure, you know, quote unquote Hal being able to figure out the weaknesses of of, of an evil star powered will device, you know. That that seemed a little too convenient, a little too quick. So I'm sure they he, they would have had to have figured it, figured that out themselves. So right. All right. Anything else you want to say about this issue before we move on? No, it was good. It was pretty good. Dense but For good. Sure. I, yeah, I'm actually I'm I'm getting more and more excited to read these as they come out. I'm it's moving up in my to read pile in terms of the stuff I'm getting and and the order in which I'm excited to read it. So I'm definitely I'm, I'm enjoying it more and more. Um, now, so what do you want to do first? You want to talk Aquaman? Do you want to do the trailer? What do you want to do? Let's let's do Aquaman. All right, we're gonna just jump into it because I don't feel like editing in it. Yeah, promo. screw that. Uh, uh, so Aquaman. Oh, tra- trailer. I forgot what you said Aqu- already. I said Aquaman. Oh. <laughs> I'm tired. Uh, all right, Put down Aquaman. the pipe, Chad. Uh, <laughs> um. Uh, you just recently saw it. I, I saw it, uh, you know, uh, about a week or two ago. What did you think? I thought it was, overall. I thought it was pretty good. I it probably in the sliding scale of DCU movies so far um, from Man of Steel going forward. To me, it probably was the second most satisfying. Uh, I mean, it's still not Aquaman to me. He's still not. He's still not. They they try to give you a happy medium by giving him the classic suit at the end, which doesn't quite explain why he doesn't have it in Justice League. But uh, it I unless it's just those rare occasions. 
But I, I, I did, I did like it overall, and I thought it probably was the second most complete DCU movie. The cast was pretty good overall. I think, again, Jason Momoa was playing Jason Momoa, which for a lot of people, that's all he needs to do. But it was, it was good. I thought I, there were things about it I wasn't, thr- I wasn't, you know, one hundred percent thrilled with. But it was, it wasn't bad though. I thought, it, I thought it was better than most of what they put out so far. Uh, I would agree. Uh, quick, quick note to your point of the suit. Uh, the suit it looks like uh, what King Atlan was wearing. Right. So, so, so he didn't get the suit until he got the trident. Right, but is this, we, I'm not sure this movie was set. I don't think this movie is set after Justice League. Yes, it is. Correction. I don't think this movie is. This movie is set after Justice League. How does that make any sense? He was. What do you mean? If this movie came, if this movie in chronological order comes after Justice League, then why why was Aquaman even in Atlantis when they were trying to protect the cube, the mother box? Oh, he he he, he wasn't. He was he was that wasn't Atlantis. That was just an uh, an outstation somewhere, kind of like where um, uh, Orm and Mara's dad met up before the sub attack in the movie. So this absolutely confirmed is written somewhere that this takes place after Justice League and not before. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's one hundred percent after Justice League. Okay. Uh, the, the the trident that Aquaman has in Justice League is his mother. No, that part. Yeah, that part I remembered. So I guess it does make yeah. sense. But it seemed, it seemed since this was an origin movie, it kind of it kind of was weird. Um, right. So so yeah, the 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 suit he gets when he gets the trident. Um, but anyways. Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was uh, straight off the comic book page for almost everything. Uh, Ocean Master looked like friggin' Ocean Master. Uh, Black Manta looked like Black Manta. I myself, I, I you know I listen to the doc, the Doctor DC podcast all the time. So um, one of the things that they had a problem with that I also have a problem with is the random choice to just throw in that hip hop rap music. Oh yeah. That re- that super took me out of it, um, and, and and really kind of threw off the tone for me. But otherwise, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's definitely a long movie for me personally. It felt long, but uh, looking at it, I don't know where they could have cut it. Um, so I don't I don't uh, necessarily want to register that as a complaint because I wasn't necessarily sitting in my chair going, "Okay, is this thing over yet?" But Towards the end, I was co- I was I, I was cognizant of the fact that I'd be, been sitting there for a while. Um, the graphics and the and the art, all that was was really amazing. I I agree with you. Um, this is number two for me. I'll say this: my uh, brother-in-law Gary, we went to go see it together. Uh, he came out of it. It's his favorite DC movie so far. He really enjoyed this movie. And he doesn't have as much of experience as, as I do, obviously, in the comic world. But he is, oh. you know, he likes the video games and all that good stuff. But he, it's his favorite movie now of, of the of the DC movies. So that take that how you will. Um, it's obviously it's crossed the billion dollar mark in terms of uh, worldwide, including domestic. Um, so it's it's very clearly a success in in that in that regard. Uh, I, I I really I really enjoyed it, and I I, I definitely want to see it again. I just not I'm not sure if I want to see it again in theaters or 
at home. And if I do see it in theaters, I wonder if I, if I should maybe see it in IMAX or something. It probably would. I mean, if you are going to see it again, I guess that would make sense. Uh, if you if you decide you're going to see it in the theater, you might as well you might as well try to get the full experience, I suppose. Uh, but I, but I agree with you about uh, Jason Momoa. Uh, I never I never once felt that's Arthur Curry. Uh, in in the fact that uh, I did in the fact that I knew what they were doing is they were making Arthur Curry to be this. I, you see, I think you have seen Jason Momoa in more things. Yes. I don't have a wide range of Jason Momoa experience, but I almost I get the feeling that when Jason Momoa plays a character, no matter what character or what franchise or what film or TV show he's in, he's always playing Jason Momoa, and I, I don't I don't I never get a feeling of range from him. But I I, I I throw that comment in there with a heavy grain of salt because I've only ever seen him in like two or three things. But I just I just felt like the entire movie I was watching Jason Momoa. It never sucked. He, his performance never sucked me into the point where he stopped being Jason Momoa and became Arthur Curry. And and and, and I'm talking beyond looks, guys. I know he doesn't look like the comic book Aquaman. That doesn't matter really to me. The way the way things were happening, I just I never I never got past. I'm looking at Jason Momoa. Yeah, I would agree. I think I think that, and for some people they don't care because so many people like Jason Momoa and or how Jason Momoa looks, they don't care. But the whole, you know, even the way they kind of made, kind of like took how Jason Momoa looked and make and carried it to another level too, trying to make him look uh, with the Polynesian stuff, and which obviously came from the Tamora Morrison, his father character, kind of the influence. But I don't know. I I I I think that's still an issue. I mean, he's he is like. I mean, he is. Most he is relatively likable and and but he still he is playing Jason Momoa more than anything and that's and that's maybe kind of a kind of the problem with some of the some of the casting that they've they've done in the in the DCU overall in these movies that some of them they've hit home runs with a lot of them have been so so and some of the supporting cast I mean they've gotten I think they've gotten better with the supporting cast I think if you look at the la- certainly you look at Wonder Woman and you look at Aquaman. I think they've done a lot better with the over the overall the supporting cast. You can pick you can pick out different characters and different pieces that you know. Black Manta didn't do much for me whatsoever in this movie. You know, we kind of, you know he is you. I guess you could have avoided having him in this movie since you have Ocean Master as the main villain. You could have probably avoided that, but but I think the cat. I think the casting over. I mean, I still don't know if Amber Heard really sold me on anything. Um, so. But overall, I thought it was good. It was, I expect, you know, I expected it to be kind of like exactly what it was. And it's, it's certainly making a good amount of money. Most of it, again, for what it's worth, it is making the majority of its money overseas, which is relevant, not just because it just means it's not, it means it's not having that kind of huge draw. I mean, it's having a good draw domestically. It's almost, it's knocking on the door of 300 million domestically. So it's, it's, it's doing well. Uh, it's still, as we speak domestically, it's still number five in the DC Extended Universe uh, domestically. It's actually the only movie it's outgrossed so far is Justice League. 
But it will pass Man of Steel because it's, it's probably technically it may have already passed Man of Steel because it's only like less than two million dollars away. But we'll see how we'll see how far it you know how far it climbs. Now, worldwide, of course, it's number one. It's it's it blew away everything else. It's already over a billion, which none of the other DCU movies have done. Now mm-hmm. you get now yes the other factors you make less money from foreign box office you don't you the studios get a higher percentage of the box office take domestically than they do overseas so that's is a factor all things being equal if you make a little bit more money overseas and obviously it's not making a little bit more it's making a tremendous it's making seventy almost seventy two percent of its money is coming from overseas box office but if it was a lot closer if it was like a fifty five forty five split or something like that it still could be questionable whether it actually would end up clearing more money from foreign box office even though it made more percentage wise and real base numbers before you start doing divvying it up it may have made more money on the surface gross but net wise they may they may have ended up making less from the, from the, the the international box office but overall yes it's a it's a big hit it's a big hit for them it it buoys what they want to do now the question is they do have a lot you know we know Shazam's coming up i don't see Shazam doing anything like Aquaman i just don't see it uh i mean i i, I don't see it being cuz i don't see the character I don't see the actor being super popular. I don't see the character being super popular, and I don't see anything we've seen so far from a special effects perspective to make it look unique. Which Aquaman kind of had that Avatar-esque kind of appeal to it, an, an, an underwater epic. So we'll see. But they, hmm. but they, they do have some questionable projects coming up before we get to Wonder Woman too. Yeah. So. Well, I, uh, I know they started production. I think on Birds of Prey. Uh, I, I will say, um, I, I, do I think it's going to match or even come close to Aquaman? No, but I think uh, personally, I think Shazam will surprise you in 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 the performance it has. I think it's going to do better than you think. I don't think it's going. I don't think it's going to do gangbusters either. But uh, I think it's going to do better than you think it will. It may very it may very well, and that could be to be fair. That could be another movie where the reviews could have. A, could have a big factor in it. If the reviews are really good, I think absolutely that that's a movie that can be buoyed by its by its reviews. If the movie mm-hmm. if the reviews are bad, or even I I don't even know if they have to be bad. I mean, let's be honest. Aquaman's reviews aren't good. Aquaman's reviews are not. It's sixty four percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so it's not you know it's not horrible, but it's bare. It's kind of like barely passable. And, and the, on the sliding scale, so the critics didn't love it. You know, the fans, you know, the fans have liked Aquaman more. I mean, they're not going gung ho crazy. It's these, the audience score is seventy nine percent. So there's a big, there's a discrepancy, and a sizable one, but not an off the charts one. We're not talking like kind of like the, the difference between the fans, or like with Last Jedi, where you're talking like a ninety something for the critics and a fifty something for them, like the fans or whatever. So I think of it. I think reviews would positive reviews. I think are really important for Shazam because it's it's not a project. I don't think that many people are really gung ho. Well, it maybe, but it has it has the benefit of having dual audiences. It has the adult superhero general movie going audience, and it has the kids movie audience. It could, yes. We will see. Yeah. All right, so, uh, Spider-Man 4 Far From Home trailer over on uh, YouTube from the Sony Entertainment page. I'm at zero, zero seconds. Is this a two, 236? Uh, 
Is it 240? Okay. Because yep. I think technically I'm on the Marvel Entertainment one, but if, it, but if it's still 246, it obviously won't matter. All so, right. We will what, what's, go what, ahead wait, and What play. second are you on? Because I'm on 00. Zero. zero. Okay, zero. good. Yeah, zero, okay. 00. All right. And here we go. so good. Hey, sorry I'm late. Happy. You look nice. Thank you. You too. Thank you. New dress? Yes, it is. How'd you know? <laughs> what just happened? Planning a trip? Mm-hmm. Going to Europe. School trip. Did you get your passport? Peter Parker here to pick up a passport, please. Mini toothpaste? Mm-hmm. Pack your suit. I just want to go on my trip with my friends. Europe doesn't really need a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. You look really pretty. And therefore, I have value. No, no, that's not I'm right. I'm messing with you. <laughs> you look pretty, too. I just want to spend some time with MJ. I think she really likes me, too. That reminds me when I first fell in love. I had just finished my phone call. So nice to finally meet you, Spider-Man. You're Nick Fury. Put some clothes on. Let's go for a ride. Is he going to be okay like that? Might want to turn him over so he doesn't swallow his tongue. I think Nick Fury just hijacked our summer vacation. Awesome! You got gifts, Parker. But we have a job to do. Are you going to step up or not? You're all alone. Your friends are in trouble. What are you going to do about it? You don't want any part of this. like Iron Man and Thor rolled into one. He's no Spider-Man. What is it with you and Spider-Man? What, he looks out for the neighborhood, has a dope suit, and I really respect him. Sup, dickwad? Oi. <laughs> Such a horrible, horrible uh, Flash Thompson. <laughs> I, 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 really, I really like what they're doing with the, the score. Incorporating the, Cla- uh, the Spider-Man yes. theme song. Yeah, that, that it's, it gives it Somehow they managed to take that goofy theme and give it like this epic feel to it, uh, this epic superhero feel to it, you know, uh, a la like the Superman theme and all of this and, and, and all that. It just it's really freaking cool. Um, freaking Bubblehead, dude. <laughs> Don't call him Bubblehead. <laughs> uh, no, I mean uh, in terms of in terms of the costume design, we're, we're they're going they went all out. We're getting we're getting the the, the bubblehead design as as like right off the comic page. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I it it really wouldn't be Mysterio if you didn't give him the fishbowl on some level. So they, they 
Yeah, the costume looks pretty cool. So in in the brief moments we get to see him in action, you know, in full Mysterio gear, it, it looks pretty good. So obviously they're, they're, they're going to continue to try to sell us that Mysterio is a good guy in this movie, though logically we know he can't be. <laughs> You know, I wonder, you read Spider-Man much more than I did, so I have a question for you. Is there someone in Spider-Man's rogues gallery uh, that has some sort of elemental abilities? Because it's very clear that there's a rock monster, a water monster, a fire monster. Is there someone with an elemental ability, or could this just be Mysterio, like, grandstanding or something? I think, I mean, there are are elementals... uh... I'm trying to get the break. There are breakdowns of the elementals. I mean, there are characters in the in them. I'm trying to off the top of my head. I'm not going to find the whole list of them. But also, just looking at Spider-Man villains, which is kind of, which again, they may not name this character this, but Hydro-Man is obviously a character in Spider-Man's Rogues Gallery. And I remember reading a while ago, which made no sense to me. They said, "Oh, Hydro-Man's in Spider-Man: Far From Home." And it's like, what? Do you, that, that makes no sense whatsoever. And then, of course, you see this trailer, and obviously, some water elemental is in this. So they're going to be playing off on the elemental theme. Whether they're actually going to use these, uh, they're going to use real, real villains from the from the Marvel uh, pantheon, or whether they're just going to. Now they're probably. I mean, to be fair, I mean you can almost take it to the bank that either Mysterio is making is making them, or Mysterio is in league with them. I mean, it doesn't. You don't really have to go out on much of a limb probably to to say that's that's probably what's what's going on here. But uh, let's see. Let's see. Um, here's here's another. Let's see. There are actually there's some of them that were from uh, supernatural thrillers. Let's see. There was Hellfire, Magnum, Hydron, and Zephyr. That was one list of uh, elementals. But I, but I don't know <laughs> if those are the the only ones. But yeah, I mean, I I I I enjoyed what we. They did a good job of not giving us that much of Mysterio. So I think that that was. Going par with his name, that you you kind of get just a bare glimpse of him, but not much of what he is. Not any real. You can't really deduce what he is, even though they're obviously trying to steer you in the idea that he's a hero, which goes along with what what whatever Jillian Hall said when they were at some. He and Tom Holland were at some con in Europe, playing up the fact that they were working together. You know that you know he, they and Nick Fury are working together, so probably uh, Mysterio is a double agent there. But it's yeah, I, I think I think the tone is I think the tone is good. I like the fact that they're picking up where they left off with at the end of Homecoming with Aunt May knowing who he is and obviously kind of embracing who he is and not being the, oh you have to give that up, Peter. So I do like I do like that the stuff with Happy was stuff with Happy was great was funny. Good to see Happy's you know Happy is in the trailer. Obviously the check was signed by Pepper, so you know Pepper's still around at least. Uh, yes, of course, the, the absence of Tony, which could, of course, just be convenient, but it also raises the specter of maybe he's gone, maybe he's something he's not doesn't make it out of Endgame, which could, I guess, just be a red herring. As some people have speculated, maybe that maybe that was kind of the trade-off with Sony, does not obviously for logical reasons, not wanting to hold on to this trailer indefinitely, at least not, not wanting to hold on. I mean, they they could have probably. If they really wanted to survive, because people, I think a lot of people know this movie's coming, they could have held off on putting this trailer out at least until Endgame came out. They could have, but maybe as a trade-off to the fact that it certainly makes everybody re- 
almost everybody who most the most people logically thought this to begin with that it kind of re reaffirms that you know he's going to be alive again by the time the results of Endgame happen. That maybe this was their compromise, but let's hint by let's hint let to, that something happens, you know, to Tony in this movie without saying it directly to make people think, oh, this is going to happen, and maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. So maybe it's just a way to throw people off the track. I think it's it is it is interesting that he's working with Nick Fury and Shield, which of course that's what the rumor was anyway, that this was more Nick more of a Shield kind of partnership than dealing with you know St- uh, Stark. Yeah, Enterprises yeah in, interesting so. we'll have a heavy Nick, Nick Fury presence in the Marvel films this year. Yes, considering he's been relatively absent for, for the most part for a while, that this year, yep, all three all three of the movies will have Nick Fury in them. Well, we we assume Nick Fury will be in Infinity uh, Endgame, even though it may just be at the very end when things, yeah. whatever the new... Whatever the new continuity and timeline is when everything's said and done. The, but a heavy but, presence in Captain Marvel. Yes, and, and a heavy Spider-Man. presence in in Captain Marvel. Yeah, so that that's that's kind of that's cool. I we'll see how the whole uh, Zendaya Tom Holland thing goes. Not because they don't have chemistry, but her character is kind of annoying. I know they try to balance it out because it's because it's her and she's cute and she's got and she's got the appeal. But if she continues to be kind of like a constant, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not 100% sold on her character, especially since we know she's not really MJ. You know, it's not Mary Jane Watson, so it's doing a substitute Mary Jane Watson's. I still don't know about that. But and I'm a Gwen, and I've gone on record for saying I'm a Gwen Stacy guy anyway. So, but we've already got a we already had Gwen recently too. So. It, I like the way it looks. I, I was excited for this. This trailer doesn't change my anticipation on any level. It doesn't raise it, really. It does certainly doesn't drop it. I think Tom Holland's looks... It's sort of, I like the fact that it looks like they are trying to mature the character a little bit. Maybe just even by the way he's wearing his hair and different things. Which makes sense, because you, because if they're going to do... If Sony's going to do at least three movies with him as... That's pretty much going to cover his high school years, mm. because he was 16 when the what 16 in Homecoming. We assume he'll be 17 in this movie, and so you would just, if they do a trilogy, he's going to be 18. So you like, and it would be better obviously if they re-up and everything indicates certainly nothing has been signed, but everything has indicated. Sony has certainly indicated that they want to continue the partnership, and why wouldn't they, with Marvel Studios, that. I think it would be in Marvel's best interest, especially if Tony and Cap are going to be off the table, even like we mentioned before in the last episode, even if it's just temporarily, or in case of uh, up until the in case of emergency, break glass, they're they're off the table. Having Spider-Man be able to step up and be more play more of a major role and not just be you know always kind of like a sidekick, that I think that's kind of important. Yes, they're going to have the Fantastic Four probably coming first, I would assume. The Fantastic Four will be a higher priority for them than the X-Men. And I really hope there's a Spider-Man cameo in that movie. Yeah, it would be. I mean, especially depending on the how what's, how they decide to do the ages of the Fantastic mm-hmm. Four. Because obviously, if Johnny is yeah. going to be if if Johnny's going to be around the age of, no matter how they do it, if the Fantastic Four become the Fantastic Four after you know. Basically, after Peter Parker's already Spider-Man, they still could just have Johnny Storm be like 18 or something when he gets his powers. But we know there's a long-standing, you know, 
no pun intended, hot and cold relationship with with, with Johnny and and Peter mostly. You know, but they're friends no matter what. They're oh, yeah. friends. So so the reality is that, that would be cool. It would be cool to establish that relationship. So I'm I just think it would be cool. It'd be important for them to have Spider-Man be a ma- more of a major factor going going forward. Uh, because I think there is a risk. I know there was a question. I think it was like one of the Collider things was there was a question about whether whether the, the Marvel. Do we think the Marvel universe is going to you know struggle if uh, in basically in the next phase, assuming you know Cap Cap if Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. are gone, do we think they're going to do we think they're going to struggle? And it's up in the air. I mean, it really is up in the air because we don't know how Captain Marvel is going to be, be perceived. We don't know how people are going to take to Brie Larson, and they're really, really pumping her up to be, you know, a little bit again putting the cart before the horse to make her seem like she's going to be such a huge factor going forward in the Marvel in the Marvel universe. And we don't even know if people like her yet. <clears throat> yes, we still have Doctor Strange, who should be a factor. Um, Black Panther, probably think to a lesser extent. We don't know what they're going to do with Bucky and the Falcon. And yes, they have the Fantastic Four and the X Men to play with, which helps them. There's no doubt that helps them. Uh, potentially avoid maybe more of that slippery slope that they would have had if they didn't have those characters to turn to. And they had to keep mining more B and C tier characters and hoping they could turn them into A tier characters. But I still think it would be in their benefit to have Spider-Man, especially if they, re, you know, to have a long-term relationship with Sony, which certainly is mutually beneficial, because it has been, to continue being able to use Spider-Man and, and Sony gets to use some of the, the crossover characters. I think it's a win-win. And I think it's something that should continue, and I think it would be important for Marvel because Spider-Man is their, you know, Spider-Man is their character. You know, Spider-Man, even though he's never, you know, even sort of in their cinematic universe, he's never been the character. But in, we know in the comic book, Spider-Man is their character. He is numero uno, and their pantheon of heroes. Uh, so I just, I just hope that they continue forward with that and, and Spider-Man continues to have a more relevant role, especially if there's going to be a gap to fill, which seemingly there's going to... They probably will be, at least, for the indefinite future. Uh, does this trailer change your uh, the order of your top five movies you're looking forward to in 2019? I don't even remember who, where, where was Spider-Man 3. I don't even remember. I have to go back and look at my list. Uh, was it 3? I don't remember. <laughs> Probably. Well, it had to be high because we know Star Wars was five because it barely made the list. Uh, I, I never, like I said, I never numbered them. It's got, it's, it's probably three. It was probably, uh, no, well, let me put it this way. Maybe the, depending where the, wherever the hell I ranked glass, which I do not remember off the top of my head, maybe, because obviously the, there's a lot of, the reviews for Glass, as we're, as we're recording this, it hasn't come out yet, but though knocking on the door, the reviews for Glass are not great. And even a lot of the people that like give it a positive are not exactly raving about it. And I read, I did read, and Jim actually gave me the link to all the spoilers about it. I do think this movie is going to be, I would be surprised if this movie doesn't have a little bit of pushback from the, from the audience. So based on that, if I had Glass ahead of Spider-Man, I would put Spider-Man ahead of it now. So I would say probably Spider-Man is my second most anticipated movie right behind Endgame. Okay. So that's cool. So if that's a modification, then, yeah, that's that's the way I would do it right now. All right. Is there anything else we should talk about tonight? 
No, I don't think. I mean, I'm trying to think. I don't think so. I think we're. Oh, didn't oh didn't the Flash premiere tonight? Don't know. I'm super far behind. I, for some reason, not that it matters now. It's too late. I'll have to check on demand later. I thought this was the week that that the second half of the season was supposed to begin. Either yeah, I'm gonna, have to, I'm gonna have to go on the CW uh, website and start catching up on all those shows. Oh, you're not caught. You're not caught up to where they ended. No. Oh, yeah. You gotta. You, you need to. You definitely need to. You definitely need to catch up. But Flash anyway before they start. Before they start because of the the cliffhanger and everything was relevant hmm. based on where they're going to be going probably for the second half of the season. All right. You want to tell people how they can reach us? Excuse me for in this mini yawn. Yes, I do. Lanterncast at gmail.com. The website is lanterncast.com. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag geocast to locate us on either of those. iTunes and Stitcher. Whichever platform you listen to us on, please leave us a positive review. Last but not least, the voicemail is 708lantern. 708lantern, and let us know what you think. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Good night, everybody. Good night.